you. I, uh, I went to the early service uh, this morning, and uh, Pastor Jared spoke at that service, did an amazing job. Uh, it was the 8 o'clock service, but um, he, he told a little joke, and he said, uh, good morning and welcome to our 7 o'clock service. And, uh, and uh, it was, it was kind of funny to everyone else, but I started looking at my watch. I was so confused. <laughs> So I, I don't know um, exactly what time it is now, but I'm so thankful to be here. And if you're confused, I'm right there with you with the whole time change thing. But um, we're, we're right in the middle of our series, and, and that much I know. And uh, it's an exciting series as we're discovering our calling. We're trying to find out what on earth we're here for. And I'm excited about that. Are you excited about that? Yes. <clears throat> Today we will talk about the fourth purpose. We, we understand the first purpose is to be loved uh, the second purpose is to uh, to be long. The third purpose is to is to uh, is to uh, become like Christ or to be like Christ. And so today we want to talk about the fourth purpose, which is uh, to bless or to serve others. And so uh, we're going to read a scripture. It comes from Saint Mark, the tenth chapter, in the thirty-fifth verse. Turn on your Bible or uh, open up your Bible. And would you stand for the reading of the word? <clears throat> St. Mark, the 10th chapter, the 35th verse, and it reads, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and the baptism I am baptized with. You will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, Lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity to discover our calling. Thank you for this this purpose to serve and to bless others. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of something that's, that's larger than ourselves. So now would you open up the hearts and minds of each of us so that we might fully receive the wisdom that you have prescribed for us. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Amen. God bless you. You may take your seats. We have a call to be blessed, a call to be blessed, and uh, uh, excuse me, a call to bless, a call to serve, and... uh, uh, there, was a, um, there was a scene that played out 
Uh, I just had an opportunity to go to Phoenix for the first time and go uh, to the desert. And a lot of people, they do a lot of hiking and different things in that area. And, and so there were two individuals that were hiking uh, in this particular area. And uh, as they were hiking, um, they were in the woods in the middle of the night. And um, they uh, heard something rattling and discovered that it was a grizzly bear. And as they uh, realized it was a grizzly bear, there's two gentlemen uh, that were together. Uh, one of the gentlemen started putting on some sneakers. And uh, the second gentleman said to the first gentleman, he said, don't you realize that you can't outrun a grizzly bear? And, uh, and that, that first gentleman said, I'm not trying to outrun the grizzly bear. All I have to do is outrun you. <laughs> and um, life is similar to that. We, we live a life sometimes without regard to, to the other person, to, to our brothers, to, to our fellow co-servants, to, uh, to our family members, to our friends, to our co-workers. Uh, too often we live a life that's all about me, all about, uh, all about what's in it for me, all about how I can become great and, and uh, how I can achieve and how I can obtain accomplishments. And the reality is that, that all of us have some innate desire to be great. All of us desire greatness. And I know what you may be saying. Well, I don't, I don't desire greatness because many of us, uh, we equate greatness with popularity and, and being famous. And you may say, well, no, that's, that's not me. I, I don't have to be out in the front. But, but the reality is we all desire greatness. We all desire the best of things. That's the reason why you come to Heartland Church. It's, it's uh, one of the best churches in all of the United States of America. Do I have a witness in the building? Yes. And we have, we have one of the best pastors in all of America. Do I have a witness in the building? And so we all want the best. We, we all want greatness for ourselves. And it's an innate characteristic that comes even from childhood. A little child, uh, even when they're playing with other children, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't just inherently or innately decide to give the other child the cookie and decide that they're going to step back and let the other children play with the toys. No, it's, it's, it's a desire to have it for themselves. Children, when they are hungry, they cry. And when they're thirsty, they cry. When they want attention, they cry. And so that's, that's an innate a characteristic that's inside of each of us. And you may say, well, I don't do that anymore. And that's, that's because psychoanalysts and psychologists suggest that we have, based on culture, a repressed ego. But inside of each of us, we have a desire for the best. When you go to, uh, when you go to McDonald's, you, you don't say, give me the second best Big Mac you have. No, you want the best. When you, when you purchase things, you, you, you say, I, I, I want the best that I can afford. I want the best that I can afford. Um, uh, soon we will uh, celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day. And, and some of you may even have uh, from your children those little badges or ties or what have you that say, the world's greatest dad. Nobody desires to be the second best or the third best. We all have that desire to be great. Martin Luther King called it the drum major instinct. Freud called it a, a dominant impulse. Alfred Abner called it a dominant instinct. It's, it's an instinct to want to be great. And so before we, before we cast stones at James and John, as, as, they, as they were talking to Christ in the Bible, and, and they said, uh, it is our desire, it is our desire that, 
that we would one of us sit on the right hand and the other sit on the left hand before we cast stones at them. Perhaps we have to look within ourselves and say, perhaps I too would like to be great. And so here's what, here's what point number one says. I just have three points and then maybe an action item. Point number one says you have to desire what you actually want. And I can guarantee you, whatever you want, you want it to be great. You, you want your child to be great. You want them to make straight A's. You want to go to the best schools. You want to live in the best neighborhoods that you can possibly live in. You, you, you want the best that life has for you. And so what is it that you actually want? Here's what the Bible says. Mark, the 10th chapter in the 36th verse, Jesus asked this question. And he said to them, what do you want? me to do for you. They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right and the other on your left hand in glory. They desired greatness. One of the uh, other gospels suggests that uh, maybe they had their mother to come up and to ask that one sit on the right hand and one sit on the left hand. But, but, but Jesus he said, um, you don't understand what you're asking. I, 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 uh, I have to ask you, do you think that you can go through the difficulty of life that I go through? Do you think that you can go through the trials that I go through? Can you taste of this bitter cup and, and can you go through the struggle that I go through? And they said, yes, Lord, and we're willing to do that. Jesus said, yes, you, you actually can do that. He said, but... The reality is to sit on my right hand and my left hand when I get to paradise, when I get to glory, that's not mine to give. But I know what you want. You want to be great. So Jesus said, if you're going to be great, you've got to be willing, you have to be willing to serve. He said, the greatest among you will be your servant. The chief among you will be the chief servant of all. And so point number one, as you're trying to determine what you want, what you're willing to give is what you get back. If you give love, if you serve, you get love in return. You get others willing to serve you. If you're patient with others, you receive patience in return. It's it's funny how the world operates. It, it kind of is a uh, what goes around comes around type of thing. Do I have any witnesses in the building? And you, you kind of know how that works, right? And so, and so Jesus so eloquently redefined greatness. And he said, if you really want the greatest things in life, you'll be willing to give of yourself. That's point number one. Um, point number two. Um, the call to salvation and the call to service are the same. This is amazing to me. This is, uh, this is some revelation. That the call to salvation and the call to service are the same. It's this point of uh, it, it being a fourth purpose that we actually have a call to bless others, to live a life of gratitude, to, to give of ourselves. That's what today is all about. Um, here's what the Bible says uh, regarding the point excuse me, the call to uh, salvation and the call to service being the same. Uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter and the 34th through the 36th verse. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. 
I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. The 40th verse. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. When you did it unto the least of these, you were doing it unto me. And so here is, here's Jesus. Um, he's, he's, he has an opportunity before he is arrested, before the Last Supper, to try and give some final instructions to his, to his disciples. And so he tries to describe the kingdom of God and service. And he starts by, by talking about the five wise and the five foolish. And, uh, and you know that parable that, that he, he describes, uh, the, the bridegroom cometh. And, and the, the entire emphasis of that is the fact that you can't wait to act. And uh, as if that parable did not get through to them, he, he explains another parable. And in his second par- parable, he talks about the three servants. It's the parable of the talents. And the emphasis is the same. If you're going to receive the greatness of God, you can't just sit on your laurels. You have to actually do something with the abilities that God has given you. And it's as if that parable did not get through to his disciples. He, he concludes the chapter with this final parable, which is the parable of separation. And, and Jesus says, as he is trying to, trying to explain the kingdom of God and, and how we will inherit um, his glorious wonder. He says that there will be a day of separation and, and I'm going to have to decide the folks that did good and the folks that didn't do good. The folks that uh, performed and the folks that underperformed. And Jesus said that um, there will be a separation. And uh, when the separation comes, um, he's going to say, the king is going to say to those servants, he's going to say, um, thank you so much because when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was cold, you, you, you gave me some shelter. You kept me warm. When I was lonely, you were there for me. And then one of the servants, the Bible calls him a righteous servant, is going to ask the question, good master, king, when did we see you thirsty? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you without clothes? And the king will say, as you have done unto the least of these, as you have done to those that could not do for themselves, you have done it also unto me. And so it is absolutely amazing to me that our salvation is tied to our service. The call to salvation and the call to service are the same. And the reason why that's amazing to me is because I I have actually read it before. Galatians, the first chapter, the 15th verse, it says, God in his grace chose me before I was born and called me to serve him. And so there there was a call to serve even before I was born. It was a purpose. There was a call even before I was born. I, um, I uh, went to, I uh, went to the uh, movies this week with my wife, and uh, we were at the movies, and I, I happened to uh, check my phone. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't missed any messages because I was going to be in the movies for a couple of hours, and I um, and, uh, just wanted to uh, be a good husband, and, uh, and I, I wanted to turn my phone off, and so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to miss anything. And, and by this time, I realized that I had 46 calls that I had made out 
uh, before I even went to the movie. 46 calls in, so I was expecting some return calls. And here is the amazing thing. As I'm sitting in the movie, um, trying not to answer my phone and, uh, and, and looking at my wife as she's looking at me and, and trying to be a good husband and pay attention to the movie. And the amazing thing to me is that every person that I called, I had a purpose for calling them. Everybody, all 46 folks, I had, I had a reason that I called them. Before we ever talked, some of the folks, I had an opportunity to talk to some of the folks. I was waiting for them to return the call or to answer the call. But for every single one of them, before I even picked up the telephone and dialed the first number, there was a reason. There was a purpose. And it's the same thing with our lives. There was a purpose for God calling you even before you were born. And it's amazing that a part of that purpose was to serve. Isn't that good news? Somebody ought to shout amen. You bless other people when you serve them. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's physical support or relational support or practical support. We have the opportunity to bless others. And you may ask the question, why, why does God um, want me to serve? Why, why would he want me to do this? Shouldn't I just live my life and pay my bills and go about my business, get a good education or try as best I can to, to uh, be a good family person. Why would he want me to serve? And uh, I can't completely answer that question other than to say to serve others is to serve him. But um, regardless of why he wants you to do it, he wants you to do it. And he has paid for our lives with his sacrifice. Do I have anybody in the building that believes that God has paid for our lives? He has paid for the permission for us to be here with his sacrifice. And, uh, and I'm so glad that he paid for me to be here. He, he paid for all of the, the trouble that I would get in and, and the, uh, the mistakes that I would made. He, he, paid, he paid that sacrifice. Somebody shout, he paid that sacrifice. Yes, he paid that sacrifice. And I was, um, a couple of months ago, I was... Uh, going to pay some bills, and I was at the, uh, the bill-paying place uh, to, to, pay, to pay some bills, and I, and I needed to uh, convert some, some cash into a money order and then um, take, take the money order and put it in an envelope and to pay some bills. This was before I discovered that you can do all of that with apps and different things on your telephone, and so I was at the bill-paying place trying to pay some bills, and I'm at the counter, and there was a young lady behind the counter who shall remain nameless, and, uh, and I'm there um, trying to pay my bills, and so she gets the money order taken care of, and she is about to um, take my money order and put it in an envelope, and I also need a stamp. And so I said, uh, here, ma'am, here's the money for the money order. Here's the money for the envelope. Here's the money for the stamp. And I give it to her, and she proceeds to put the stamp on the envelope upside down. Now, that may mean nothing to the majority of you guys, but it meant a lot to me because um, I'm a little particular about certain things. And, and um, I don't want anybody to think that I can't read or that I wasn't paying attention. And, and so when they, they receive my envelope, the stamp is upside down. Again, it may not mean anything to anybody else, but it meant something to me. And so um, I said, ma'am, I said, um, I said, you're putting it upside down. I said, I, I, I don't want it like that. I, I want it right side up. And she says to me, with a little, you know, one of these. She says, um, does it matter? <laughs> and, 
And I said in the most Christian calm voice I could, I said, yes, ma'am, it matters because I paid for it. And the reality is that uh, our lives and the things that we do with our lives, they matter to God because you got it. He paid for it. Paid that sacrifice. And you may say, well, this is trivial. Why do I have to join a small group? Why do I have to worship God? Why do I have to belong to something greater than myself? Why do I have to put on a t-shirt like everyone else or sign up for service? Or why do I have to fill out the communication card? Why do I have to stay connected to my church family? And, and, and it may seem trivial, but the reality is it matters to God. It may seem overly particular, but it matters to God. And would you just oblige God by answering the call to serve? If you love God enough to do that, would you just put your hands together if you love God enough just to oblige him? Here's the third and final point. The third and final point is that uh, your life gains meaning when you give it away. Your life gains meaning when you give it away. I have two scriptures here. Uh, the Bible reads, according to Proverbs, the 22nd chapter in the ninth verse, the generous will themselves be blessed. Then Matthew 16 and 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for the sake of mine, or for my sake, you will save it. Another version says you will gain it. And the awesome thing about God is that... Uh, when we make sacrifices for him, he, he actually, um, he actually um, rewards us. And when God rewards us, I don't know if I have any witnesses about this, but when God rewards, he pays back with interest. God understands inflation and residuals and accrued interest. God actually... He actually gives back with interest. Here's the way, here's the way Luke says it. Luke, Luke says that um, when you give, it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto your bosom. In other words, when, when you give, God has a way of making sure that you get more than you have ever given. That's the kind of God that we serve. He gives back with interest. And if you don't believe me, ask Job. Job gave everything that he had. He gave his family. He gave his wealth. He gave his possessions. He gave his time. He even, he even got sick. For the sake of God. But when it was time to return that blessing, he received more, double, in fact, for his trouble. How many of you believe that God will give back with interest? And so serving is not, it's not a, it's not a problem. It's not, it's not bad news. It's actually an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bless God because when you bless others, you're actually blessing him. And so your life gains meaning when you give it away. If you try to hang on to it, you'll lose it. But when you, when you give it for his sake, you'll gain it. There were, there were two dogs that were talking one day and the two dogs, uh, true story, not for real, but true story. And, um, and, and the two dogs were talking and uh, one dog said to the other dog, he said, um, I have discovered uh, the meaning of life. And the meaning of life is... Um, is to find true happiness. And I have found, the dog number one says, I have found happiness and it is in my tail. And so I will chase my tail 
for the rest of my life because that is where I have found true happiness. And dog number two, who was uh, a little wiser than dog number one, he says, I also have discovered that the true meaning of life is to be happy. And I also, like you, have discovered that happiness is in my tail. Uh, But uh, unlike you, instead of uh, chasing my tail, I I have realized that the more I chase it, uh, the more it runs away from me. And so instead of chasing it, I will allow my tail to chase me. In reality, your life gains meaning when you, when you give it away. When you stop chasing after the things that um, don't really matter, and you put emphasis on the things that do matter, blessing others, because in blessing others, you, you bless God. When you understand that being great really means that you have an impetus or a willing to serve, then you gain you gain the real meaning of life. And I've often wondered why, why uh, dogs, have you ever seen dogs that, that run after cars? I've, I've often wondered why dogs have never been able to catch a car. Have you ever seen that? A dog will take after a car. And, uh, and I've, I've often wondered, and I have received revelation on that. Are you ready for this? Um, the revelation is that, that God designed the car and he designed the dog. And, uh, and the reason why the dog will never catch a car, it isn't because a car has four wheels and a dog has four legs. It's not because a car has an engine and a dog has a heart. Uh, and it's, it's not because someone is driving the car and, and, and no one is able to push the dog in that way. The reason why a dog will never catch a car is because God knew when he designed both that if a dog ever caught a car, there's nothing he could ever do with it. So we've got to figure out the things that we're chasing, things that we've spent our entire life pursuing, whether it really matters. And then maybe we, we recalculate our life and we, we understand that ministry is what it's all about. Ministry, that, that word meaning to serve others, serving the needs of others. And ministry and service they're the, same, they're the same word in the Greek. To serve. Comes from the Latin word. Ministry comes from the, the Latin word uh, with, the, with the derivation of uh, minus or minus. And so when you serve others, that means that you're less of yourself. But when you do this, God says, this is how you become great. Let me, let me close with this. Um, there, uh, there, was this, uh, there was this man, and you may know who I'm talking about as, as I kind of uh, describe him a little bit. Um, he, um, he, he was a, uh, a man who was born in an obscure village uh, in the Middle East, and uh, he just went about uh, serving. Um, he was born a poor peasant and from a poor peasant woman, and uh, he grew up uh, in still yet another obscure village. And uh, he worked as a carpenter for the first 30 years of his life. And uh, then he, uh, he decided to uh, take on an adult ministry. And for the next three or so years, uh, he, he went about preaching and teaching and performing miracles. 
and uh, this this man, um, people just just wanted from him. They just they just took from him, and he just continued to give. He just continued to give. He 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 didn't have a college education. He he didn't have any specific credentials. As a matter of fact, the only credentials that he had was himself. Uh, he, if he was alive today, would probably have a hard time finding a job because he was a convicted felon. But all he did was just continue to give and to give and to give. And uh, it just so happens that this, this person, 20 centuries later, has become the most influential figure in all of human history from giving from serving. All of the armies that have ever marched and all of the navies that have ever sailed and all of the parliaments that have ever sat and all of the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on earth the way that this man has. And all he did was just give and serve. And so today I'm not asking you to be like anybody else. I'm asking you to understand that greatness is to serve, and to serve is to be like Christ. Why don't you take a look at this video, uh, which uh, displays some folks right here from Heartland that have decided to serve. From the officers that are standing out there and helping and assisting to the other people who work on the parking team, we work with a great team. 